0: Swim Check 1-2, Bike Check 1-2, Run Check 1-2. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck Podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Michonda Shines. All right. We're getting in all our people. All aboard. Yay. Woo-hoo. oh that's so funny this time it has you up yeah it has try beginners anyway that's perfect last time it was just so perfect it had us like uh random hi everybody (laughs) welcome 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 we're getting people coming in and joining in we're saying hey to everybody Woo. Yay. Yay! calm down now.
1: <laughs> we are alive. It's, it's like the beginning of a race, like when you're nervous before. And then once you once you start, you're good.
0: Listen, listen. <laughs> I was going to say, listen, Linda, but I'm saying, listen, Sarah. Listen, I'm like, whoo, OK. Well, welcome, everybody. This is a live, a pop up live that Try Beginners Luck is doing with Mashonda Shines, which is myself, Try Beginners Luck. Run Tribe Magazine, and Mont-Arc Triathlon. Yes, yes, yes. It's Women's History Month, so who else would I have who embodies everything about triathlon, women power, women empowerment? She is feisty. Mm-hmm. Before I t- say who it is, I mean, obviously you can see her. But when I first <laughs> met her, this is the song I sang to her. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. I said feisty, feisty girl. Ooh, and I just kept singing. And she was like, what? I mean, it's like, what? <laughs> so it was awesome after my girl, Janet Jackson, because I was like feisty girl. I even dressed up for her. I,
1: y'all took a shower. See this glow? I'm so this impressed. Like, Sarah. I feel so underdressed right now. I'm so impressed by your outfit. <laughs> you look oh, amazing.
0: Don't, don't be too impressed. If I show you what I had on on the bottom, you would laugh. <laughs> Then I tried to make a smoothie beforehand and uh, I'm going to take off my Uggs and show you guys what happened. I put up some peanut butter in and like the coffee that splashed in my face the other day, Oh, peanut butter juice splashes on my, so I'm like, what do I do? And how do I make this better? That's but, a lot
1: of peanut butter juice. Like, how that
0: listen, kind of cause
1: size of splash. That's a skill. because
0: it's natural, you know, the natural peanut butter that has uh, all yeah, the yeah. oils. up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to get that out of my, ugg? if you have a mm-hmm. solution, let me know. But that's how my life is. So when people talk about doing crazy stuff, I'm like, like, I'm already clumsy. I don't need any extra. Stuff. Okay. <laughs> Well, Sarah, welcome. You are the head feisty baddie. You are, you embody everything women and women are, we're working on our equity in the space of triathlon. We oh,
1: are oh, yes.
0: all around the world, but you're leading the way. <laughs> welcome to the Tri Beginners Luck Pop Up Live. How are you?
1: well thank you mishanda i am great i'm I'm not sure that i can take on all of that role of of leading the way for women but i'm certainly doing my best to uh to try to make things better you're so humble
0: and i love it so thank you
1: thank Thank you you for that that.
0: i want to just start by we know that you are a champion you're an Ironman champion you're an ITU long course champion but the way you got started in triathlon is rather interesting and I would like for you just to share with the audience on how you got started with
1: triathlon
0: and when
1: is more important when was like when the dinosaurs roamed the earth basically but no I am it is interesting because I played soccer when I was a kid, and we and my family moved to the Middle East when I was about 14 years old. And at that point, that's when I took on individual sports. So that's when I started to just swim on my own. I was used to being so active, so I swam and ran on my own at that time. And then that's sort of how I ended up by the time I got to university back in Canada, then when I was in my early 20s. That's when I thought, oh, I can swim and run, so maybe I should try a triathlon so that's how it went and honestly it's a different environment now than what it was back then like you could when I first started you could become quite good at the sport even if you only started swimming when you were you know a teenager or in your early 20s right whereas now at the elite level anyway it's pretty hard to break through to the top level if you don't have kind of an elite swim background of some kind so I was pretty lucky I got in that generation where um, the sport was still pretty new, and you could just try really hard (pun intended) and uh, and <laughs> and get better.
0: We love your puns. Try <laughs> really hard. Try beginner's luck. Just try it. We're I thought you'd hard. like. Yeah, I
1: thought you'd like that pun.
0: <laughs> yes, we are so here for it. That's interesting. So the sport has evolved, of course, the sport grows. So you got in at that sweet spot, Mm -hmm. but you also recognize through your journey because you didn't retire until what, 2016?
1: Yeah. It was around then. I can't even remember. I was pretty over it <laughs> at that point. Yeah, I think around, yeah, 2016 I retired. That's right. You know, and I don't even okay. know. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I just did a little quick search. You know, let me just make sure I get some facts correct. The
1: internet knows. That's good.
0: Yes, Google. You
1: know, mm-hmm. Google
0: knows everything. I hope Alexa doesn't start talking because I, you know, I'm saying certain keywords words because, you know, you got to be quiet. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this. This is geared towards beginners and those who are perhaps curious about triathlon. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What was it like when you did your first, because you didn't just start with a long course and you didn't, didn't just become a pro overnight, Mm -hmm. but what was it like in your beginning phases?
1: Yeah. So when I first, when I first decided to do triathlon, I had fallen, I volunteered for a local race and I checked in the elite athletes. And so I watched, Mm -hmm. At the, at the start line, when, when the people came through T1, like they were transitioning from swim to bike, right? And there, at that time, there was maybe 200 people in this race and maybe 20 of them were women. You know, it wasn't that there weren't that many. And every single time, I was emotional because I had got up early to, to sign in the pros. And so when, when the women were coming through, I was like, this is the most inspiring thing I've ever seen. Like, I need to do this. Uh, and so the next year, so I bought a road bike and the next year I did barely any training. <laughs> um, and then for some reason, I just decided, okay, a couple weeks before the race, I'm going to go out and try to, the bike course was 30 K. So I was still swimming and running. And so I thought, oh, I'll go and I'll do like a 30 K ride. Then I'll know how to do it. Right. Um, so on the day of my first race, of course, it was like only the second time I've ridden 30 K and I swam. I was fine. And then everybody overtook me on the bike, of course. Um, And I was just so glad to survive that bike ride. Um, And then when I started running, I had that experience. Like I know a lot of beginners have of like when you step off the bike and your legs just wobble and you're not sure if you're gonna keep moving forward and be able to run. So um, I definitely had that experience for like four out of eight of the Ks of the run, Um, but I did okay. You know, I think I was like in the middle of the pack in my age group and it was fun, which is the most important part. Mm hey, it's
0: that F. You had fun and that was important. And then Mm. that allowed you to come back. So you start there. So take us from your first race. And how did you earn your pro card? Like, what was that transition like?
1: Mm. Yeah, great question. I went to, after that, I went to Scotland to do my PhD. And, And at the time, Canada was one of the leading nations for triathlon so in the long course in the short course too we had like one of those elite athletes that I had checked in this is the late 90s was Simon Whitfield who eventually won the Olympic Games in 2000 we had Peter Reed and Lori Bowden and Lisa Bentley and a lot of really really good athletes so I think if I had stayed in Canada I don't think I would have thought oh I think I can be an elite athlete because there was Mm -hmm. so much depth to the talent pool Um, but I went to a small country and that where triathlon was even newer than it was in Canada. And I went to races and I did okay. And I kind of thought, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can be. And the first thing, like, I didn't think, I didn't think right away, Oh, I can be an elite athlete. Right. I sort of thought, you know, maybe I could be better. Maybe if I trained more, let's see what happens. I'll get better. And then I got to the point where I thought, I think I could win my age group you know, then I tried that. And then once I won my age group, I'm like, okay, let's try to win the national championships in my age group, right? So it was like this stepped process. It happened fairly quickly over a couple of years, but still like the goal was always just one step in front of where I was. It wasn't like shoot for the stars in the first instance you know, not for me. I know some people do goal setting like that, which is completely cool. But for me, I just had this step process. And then once I won my age group at the national championships, I thought, okay, there's only one step up from here, which is becoming a pro athlete. And then I went ahead and applied for my pro card.
0: So much in that. (laughs) I want to kind of trace the fabric for those of you who are joining with us right now. This is a Try Beginner's Luck podcast pop up with Sarah Gross, who is the head feisty um, baddie from Feisty Media. This is sponsored by Run Try Magazine, Try Beginner's Luck, and Monarch Triathlon. And we're just having a candid conversation about her start, her journey, where she is in life now. So welcome. You started by volunteering, and I think it Mm -hmm. is so important if people are interested or just want something to do to Mm -hmm. volunteer. It not Mm -hmm. only helps you gain your sense of, oh, this is an interesting sport, but it also helps like the local race directors. And we always want to ensure that we are, you know, supporting local race directors. But after that, you decided to take on the challenge of doing a triathlon while you were working on your PhD. Mm -hmm. From there, you set these small goals. And I love how you said that. Not everyone sets shoot for the stars goals and then get there, but you took it literally step by step. Let me Mm -hmm. see if I can win my age group. Let me see if I can win nationals. Let me see if I can win this. And Mm -hmm. you did it in a unique way because you were working on your PhD and you were able to register for your pro card or go after your pro card in a smaller country which was Scotland.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Did you feel some type of way that you could not represent your home country?
1: Oh, interesting. You know, because I had lived abroad so much, so because I had gone to, my family was still living in the Middle East. So at that point, once I went to Scotland, I had I didn't have that much connection to Canada, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was traveling to Dubai to to go home for Christmas, you know? And so I didn't have that sense of, like, I was young and I just had that sense of the whole world as my oyster, you know? It wasn't Mm -hmm. until later that I felt... A more connection to my home country in the, the second half of my career when i moved back to canada and then i really appreciated the opportunity to race for to represent canada when i was racing but at the time you know i didn't mind i also have on my mom's side like we were all scottish <laughs> um, so i definitely had that connection to scotland too um and so yeah i i was very happy to represent the uk
0: awesome so fast forward, you're winning these championships, not only ITU, but also Ironman. What was that like for you? And how did that change the trajectory of your life?
1: Yeah, OK, I, I, I got to unpack this one a little bit because the, the ITU long course championship, I, I won very early. So I got my pro card at the end of 2003. And by okay. 2005, I won the European Long Course Championships when I was racing for the UK. Um, and that's really quick, you know. Um, and then I thought, at that time, I thought, okay, well, if I can do that, I can win Ironman, right? He said, why not? Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and then I sort of gave myself this. I remember talking to the – we had a sports psych who worked with the national team. And I remember talking to him about um, – putting a timeline like in the next three years how I was planning to win to try to win Ironman what all the goals how I was going to get there uh all, all the m- mental mindset stuff I was going to do and anyway it took me 10 years long story short <laughs> it did not take me three years it took me 10 years to win Ironman and and that was a real journey like there was tons and I learned the most during that time and you really learned that you have to love the process like if you don't, you can only come second, third and fourth so many times before, if you're too attached to winning, you'll get burnt out, right? And so mm. that was, a, and it was hard for me sometimes because I felt, I often felt ripped off, you know? Like, and it affected my ability to make a living, the fact that I wasn't, that I wasn't the top of the podium. Um, and really right before I did finally win, I almost gave up on the sport, you know? And I had this like heart to heart with a friend of mine. And she said, just give it two more months. Like, just take first, take a break. That this was her advice: take a break, take two weeks off, and then train for six weeks. Go to a race, see what happens. And of course, then I won. You know, um, wow. after I had sort of like let go of all of that real need to win.
0: Wow, I think mm-hmm. that is so important, especially because. winning at this point was your focus. And Mm -hmm. it's easy to feel like, man, it's not happening. And it's interesting that you say this now, I'm switching and kind of just relating to your story a bit. Mm. The same thing happened to me in modeling. I was auditioning for, um, I can say it now because I worked there QVC, and Mm -hmm. kept being rejected. And you know, that rejection is is hard. It's kind of like Mm. losing the, kind of like losing and not coming in first or second and third, and it just kept saying no. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that I wasn't right. I understand now it wasn't a right now, right? It wasn't that it mm-hmm. was no because I wasn't the right look. It just wasn't the right timing. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when I let go, I remember telling my agent, I was like, "Look, this is the last time I'm mm-hmm. driving up here because I lived in Washington D.C., so I would have to drive just for the audition." It's like mm-hmm. I'm not doing it anymore, and I, I just released it. And that was the moment they were like, oh, we would like to bring you for a call back. And I was like, <laughs> for real. So I'm Isn't that funny? Maybe, yeah. I'm thinking maybe that's the key sometimes to uh-huh. unlocking our goals is just releasing yeah. and not holding so tight to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's funny because I wouldn't have the time I wouldn't have considered myself someone who was holding too tight you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but clearly I was, you know, and I think even just the heartbreak I would feel after every race, um, especially the ones that went really wrong. Like if you took a, if I took a big risk and ended up DNFing or something like that, um, that would, that would be heartbreaking Mm -hmm. for me. So it's like that willingness to accept the outcome and also just that loving the process. Like you have to, I I don't know how that translates over to your modeling example, but you sort of almost have to love the, the fight to try to, or the pursuit of trying to get the modeling gig, if you don't love that, then you're not going to get it, you know? (laughs) You're
0: not in the pursuit of auditioning. Like today I just, my agents were just, just coming on. And I was just like, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to do another self tape right now. I don't want to do this. And it's just like, it just comes, but you have to love the process because you pick your bootstraps up and you're like, okay, it's time to, Turn on the ring light. It's time to make sure you have everything right and go after those lines. So it is mm-hmm. a very similar process of having to love the process mm-hmm. and being okay with the outcome and knowing that no today doesn't mean no tomorrow. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of uh, similarities. Okay. So we've won Iron Man. Now was this Blanc or was this uh, Brazil? You won Brazil and, Man- yeah. and Montre Blanc.
1: Yeah, so the first one was Iron Man Brazil um, in 2014. And then three months later, Iron Man Montreux Blanc in yeah, same year. <laughs> okay,
0: do so you guys hear this? She was about to quit. <laughs> break, trained for six months, won Iron Man Brazil, and then came back three months later and won Iron Man Montre Blanc.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, let's drop a pin. <laughs> how incredible was that you know one year yeah there's
1: a there's a whole nother story there that i oh, I, okay. I don't mind sharing but it's um it's really well anyway um after so i remember brazil's flat course right and often like as you know like on these flat courses like groups of cyclists tend to bunch up together right and when i'm into that race at one point near the end um I I was in about fourth place and I came up behind like a pack of like 200 South American men just taking up the whole road. And I had come up on them. So it means that they were out in front of me. They had a stronger first half of the bike ride, very typical, you know, mm-hmm. and I was coming into, I was finally warmed up and coming into my own <laughs> and I was trying to finish the ride. And literally this like pack of men just in front of me. Right. Um, and one of my, Uh, a a Brazilian pro had sent one of her friends out onto the course to record videos of pros if they were like drafting, quote unquote. So she had this video of me like caught behind this pack of men, right? And so, and then I went on to win the race. And after the race, the media wanted to say that I cheated. Mm -hmm. And I just like, it was like ripping my heart out. Like I had tried, I had for 10 years, trying to try to win iron man and i finally win one and i'm being called a cheater the internet and in forums you know and that was like i spent a a week just like a zombie you know not knowing what to do what to say And, and finally i did like reach out to some media and i told my side of the story and some other pros came to my defense and said no you know sarah's not a cheater and that was all fine um but still i felt like something had been taken away from my win you know? Mm. And so three months later, Mont-Tremblant is a hilly course, right? So that just breaks up all of that drafting piece that tends to happen in in on flat courses. And I I went out and I actually had a problem with my brakes. I had to stop and get um a mechanic to fix it, but I would just rode all by myself and won the race and just like you know all of those people who called me a cheater and it was just like in your face like (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna win on my own terms here you know so that's like that second one was really sweet and it was also like on home soil because i'm canadian so um that was really nice too Mm -hmm.
0: i love it you won on your own terms but you still won either way and you know sometimes that's a good I guess it's a good reminder that everything that's caught on tape is not always the truth mm-hmm. or it's presented depending on the angles of how she recorded, but just imagine how you felt and how that created a whole dynamic emotionally for you that could have affected your mental capabilities. So how did you stay mentally tough during that time?
1: Yeah, great question. I I don't really know. I I had a lot of support. I think that was a lot of it. Was that like my my training partners, my friends, my partner at the time? Like they were all so super supportive. And anyone who yeah. knew me knew. Like there were people. The other thing is, I have to say this: there were people coming to my defense. Like there were people on those online forums saying, "No way! Like this is not," and making the point that you just made that like a thirteen second video does not show a nine hour race it's like that's it's almost kind of dumb when you think about it um and so uh so those people who really believed in me and lots of people reached out like they really kept me going um and then again like we talked about before about all those years of not winning like you have to let go right and you have to know like your own truth and like how and feel good about how you responded in, in the moment and just like go with that. Right. Because no one's ever, like you're never going to get a situation where hundred percent of people agree with you and your actions and what you're doing and what you have to say, Like this' just not going to happen. So it's a good life lesson, you know, to be like, no, just to live like live in my own truth and what I know about the race and, t- and take the win for myself. Take it. Mm-hmm. So
0: this was 2014. You stay in race until twenty sixteen, and you finally say, "Okay, enough is enough." Was that one of the driving forces that caused you to say, "I'm done"?
1: Um, then you mean being being accused of cheating? Well, or...
0: accused of cheating. You know, the amount of time it took you to get to the championship, and you because you mentioned something about burnout when we first started. Oh uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So was
0: that like okay? I'm done. I'm going to hang it up and move forward.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Like when you try to do, when you try for 10 years to try to accomplish something and then you do, there's definitely a little bit, a bit of like, Oh, (laughs) like, like relax, you know, and to try to get up and going again for, to keep going. I was also 38 years old. um, So I was pretty, it was getting up there (laughs) in the sport. I mean, there's a lot of women and men doing great things into their forties, but um, I was definitely getting a little bit tired and ready to move on to something else. Um, so, and I knew it's funny because it's it's weird to be at a place where you know physically, of course, if I can win once, I could probably win again the next year, or that I would that I had that ability. But mm-hmm. if your mind doesn't want to go there, then that's it, right? Um, so, I I had a few sponsorship opportunities, and I went and raced for a big team, and that was fun. I got to travel, um, but that was after that, I was done.
0: So we'll stop here for just a second. Let me welcome mm-hmm. those of you who are just joining for the pop-up live with Try Beginner's Luck, Run Tri Magazine, and Monarch Triathlon. We have with us Sarah Gross, who is the head baddie at Feisty Media. She is the CEO, and she is an Ironman champion and ITU champion, and she is a I will say a, 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 one of the evangelists for women's causes in the triathlon world, so just wanted to say that for those of you who are just joining we're going to transition now, so this is post retirement you mm-hmm. start in you have an internship with a media company, mm-hmm. and this kind of drives your force to creating feisty so let's transition into that. so tell mm-hmm. us how did feisty come about
1: yeah, so we even before I did the media internship. We had sort of fought to try to get 50 slots for the female pros in Kona because the female pros, I think now it's kind of, they might this year, but um, didn't have equal slots at the Ironman world championships. And we didn't think that was right. And so we did a big Twitter campaign in 2015 and I ended up talking to a lot of press like in triathlon, but also like Forbes and sports illustrated and bigger publications that I wasn't used to, that I hadn't had any opportunity to talk to before that. And I was really impacted by how much of a difference it can make, like that journalism can make. And if someone, like I had really amazing journalists, really listening to our story and trying to figure out, like, why, t- really trying to help us get <laughs> equal access to access, the world championship. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought, oh, I might like to do media. And so that's when, um, when I was starting to think about retirement, I did an internship with Wisp Sports, um, who is at their. Women in sport startup, um, and I was with them for about a year. And I once I got really involved in the company, I realized that I didn't really love their business plan, um, and that it was going to take a lot of hard work to try to monetize a media project, right? Because first you have to get all the following. You have to make sure that people like like this, the content that you're putting out. Like your first paycheck is like way down the road in a media project, right? Um, And so I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'd like to do it my way, if I'm going to put in all of that hard work. Uh, So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to give it a try. We'll start with one podcast. Um, We actually started with two in the end, but see if I can use some of the relationships I had with sponsors from being a pro and, and get it off the ground. And so it was just kind of a one step at a time thing. And that's how I started in 2017. So, again,
0: the same thing that you use to get to the championship of uh, starting out, you volunteered, that was one step, you did Mm. your race, you built, you built, you built. It's the same way that you transferred and started Feisty.
1: I love that. I I didn't see that before, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Yeah. you're so right. If there's something, um, yeah, if I can convince myself to do the next step, then I can see the next step. And then I can see like you know, I guess that's something how my, that's how my brain works.
0: Yeah. So now you started with you said two podcasts and now you have how many podcasts under the feisty media umbrella?
1: So we have eight total. We have six that are currently running. Um, We just started a new podcast that I get to host. Yay! Um, I'm finally back to like creating content after four years of building a business. Um, And it's called the Women's Performance Podcast. And I love it. And we're just talking all about like, how women as women, we can get the best out of our bodies. um, And like how we get good information that's not kind of, it doesn't have a lot of like diet culture BS baked into it. But that's actually good information that we can use for our training or for our nutrition or our mental health. Mm-hmm.
0: So it looks like you really enjoyed the content creation part, like you enjoy <laughs> the engagement of being able to engage with guests. And mm-hmm. so now you're at that sweet spot of your career where you're getting to kind of be back at that forefront.
1: Mm -hmm. I do. I do love content creation. I also love like I also have loved the business building in a way that I didn't know or expect because I didn't know what that meant. Like I don't have an MBA. I have had a couple of small entrepreneurial endeavors in the past, but I don't. Like I'd, I'd never really built a bigger or mid-sized company. So I've enjoyed that more than I thought in terms of like what it means to create a company culture and how you build your team and what's like when you're hiring, like what staff do you need to fill in what gaps and how do you keep people motivated? That stuff has been really interesting to me as well. So
0: tell us for those who are watching, listening, feisty, what is feisty because feisty is a lot of things and so i think if you could break feisty down for us that'll help us get to understand more about how your brain which is amazing works.
1: yeah so i'm not going to give credit to my brain on how we built it it's more just like a step-by-step process that happened to work some things but you're a visionary so you're a visionary
0: and i think visionary of course, you have to have a team that helps you. But from a visionary perspective, you saw it and then mm-hmm. people helped you get there. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I think the thing that we did that was, it again, in retrospect, smart. Like I wouldn't have been able to say this four years ago, but I see what we did now. Right. Which is like we created... A community and then a group of communities around various topics where we saw the need. So at the time, mm. we, have the, we had the Iron Women podcast, and if we were writing, which are women-focused podcasts in the triathlon space, and we covered the women's race at Ironman World Championships because we re- recognized that women in triathlon didn't have a lot of like places to go to get information or to hear pros interviewed or things that related to to us as like if we're a mom and trying to do triathlon or how we change our tampon transition, you know, like all of those things were not like discussed elsewhere. Right. So we sort of built the community first around a place that we saw a need to build a community. And then we, we thought, okay, well, what does that community need? Like that we can offer them. And so we don't sell anything to the community until we have it built and we we're listening to what people need. So now we have the feisty team, which is a triathlon team. We have feisty coaching, which is women specific coaching. Uh, but that just all came from like listening to, to what was needed. Um, and then our other community is the same. Like we have a feisty menopause community where we thought like we saw really um, that women like active women in particular in menopause just had like no information and nowhere to go and no community at all and um <clears throat> excuse me when we launched it it just went like it just like it like took off like i've never seen anything launch so fast mostly because it was like oh we were right about that observation that people didn't have a home in that demographic um and then slowly like we created a community there a paid community um and we have like we have virtual events now um and so that's how we started to later you know figure out how we were gonna how we we're gonna actually make money on this on this project but that definitely came as a second step the first step was like create community mm-hmm. so let's talk about the power
0: of community because we mm-hmm. hear that through the fabric of the triathlon it's like the community is so great which it is it's probably one of the better communities the mm-hmm. best not better it's the best Uh, community out there so let's talk about community and Mm. how did you see that community was changing the lives of the women that you were touching
1: oh um I think a lot of it has to do with people feeling like they were being they weren't being heard you Mm. know um or that like the topics that interested them weren't being discussed so like I don't know I'm gonna make I can make some like vast generalizations that it's not true of everyone but like there's a lot of talk in triathlon about like power numbers you know like heart rates and how we train and like our stress scores and stuff and like a lot of people and in particular beginners you know I think women more likely are not interested in that like people are more interested in like in like the like let's go to a triathlon it'll be fun and then let's have like let's go have drinks after you know or like the community that's involved with training like you ride bikes with people and you go to the coffee shop Um, so I think it's just like recognizing where there's a, um, like where there's a gap and how you can gather community around some of those gaps. Um, And like I said, with menopause or with our women's performance brand, we also, there's an education gap. Like whenever you find a gap where like Mm. people want information and are getting it and don't know where to find it, you can like, like we bring in experts into our, into our feisty community all the time and we vet them and we say, okay, like, does this person have good, reliable information? Is it based on science? And then then we have them on the podcast maybe and, um, and share that information. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. You vet them, you make sure they have the good information and mm-hmm. then you invite them. So it's not like, hey, you just come on, let me just tell you. I love that because mm-hmm. at least I know that people can trust your information and they can come to you knowing that they're always going to get solid concrete factual science-based information Mm -hmm. for those of you who are just joining welcome to the pop-up live with trial beginners luck Mm -hmm. run tri magazine and monarch triathlon i am your host Mashonda shine and i have with me the feisty baddie miss and ceo i keep saying the baddie part but that's just because i want to say something else but i say baddie ceo (laughs) sarah gross um
1: I'll be the baddie. So- I love being a feisty baddie. I think I'm going to okay. I'm going to like take that. I'm going to call myself that from now on. Yeah.
0: Bam! I love giving good nicknames. Yeah. If you have questions for her, because we're coming into that part of questioning answers, there is a little question function here at the bottom of the screen that you can use to write any questions. And we'll make sure we get those questions answered for you. So Feisty Media, we have six live podcasts. She's developed eight in total you have this huge um huge platform this huge media company and you also have summits and conferences one of them you host at the end of the year that's for women and the other one is coming up can you tell us about those
1: yeah so we our next our summit is in let's see our women's performance summit which is all about how women can get the best out of their bodies throughout their lives um is march 25th to 27th and that's virtual so um and if you can't attend on the weekend you can have the um all of the replays there's about 20 experts like we just talked about vetting experts there's 20 experts in and women's physiology nutrition mental health and culture who, um, who are coming, giving their presentations, and they get put into I um, I don't know, into a system that my team takes care of where you can watch the replays all year. Um, so this is our second year of doing the Women's Performance Summit, and I'm super stoked. I get to host that one, so that's really fun. Um, and Yay. then later later in the year, we actually have two. So we have our Menopause Summit, which is in the fall. And then we have outspoken women in triathlon summit, which is coming into its fifth year. I can't believe that. Um, And we keep saying that we hope we're going to be in person again, but I think this year will probably be the year where we go back to being in person. And that's usually kind of around November time. The last couple of weeks in November, we haven't set a date yet, but um, yeah, outspoken women in triathlon summit. That's the place to go for like all the people who, want to be like who are leaders in triathlon or who want to figure out how to um, become better triathletes as women and get good information that's the place Mm
0: -hmm. okay so we have three different conferences or summits we have Mm -hmm. the women the feisty women's performance summit we have the menopause summit Mm -hmm. and then we have outspoken Mm -hmm. now outspoken made a loud buzz when it first came and it's like that place where women just feel celebrated and loved and seen. What was the impetus around starting Outspoken?
1: Mm, yeah. So um, my business partner, Lisa and I, Lisa actually has a podcast with um, Shauna Payne Gold called Unfazed, where they talk about diversity and inclusion in triathlon space. Um, and space. Uh, and Lisa and I kind of observed that a, lo- a lot of when we talk about women in triathlon, that everyone's talking about numbers. Like if we can just get more women in the door, everything will be fine, right? Which to us was like only a partial solution, right? Like we need more women in every level of triathlon. Like we need women who are coaching. We need women who are in leadership positions. We need women in the industry. Like we are underrepresented across the board. And if you don't put people into leadership positions, you won't have like those, you know, those new beginners who come in will not stay because they won't see themselves represented there. You know, I'm I'm sure it's the same in like communities of people of color, like where, you know, we want to see people of who are skilled and talented people at every level in the sport. And so Lisa and I thought like, how can we help triathlon get to that place? And so we thought, let's just bring together all of those amazing women who are doing great things in triathlon and in the summit and, um, and see if we can make change. So that was how we started with hundred women we had in Tempe, Arizona in, oh gosh, 2017, I guess. Is that, is that have I got the right year? 2018 19 oh no 2018 it was 2018, 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had tr- tremendous support like from companies um from usat you know just the it was um we obviously hit on something that people wanted and needed so it was that for us it was really creating that change on multi in a multi-layered way rather than just like let's get more women <laughs> and mm-hmm. then that's the only thing we need
0: yeah. I love it. And it's just grown tremendously. And uh, I attended this year and it was just so fun. And uh, Sarah, I mean, um, I was about to say Sarah, mm-hmm. Maria Simone
2: mm. within,
0: um, with No Limit Endurance Coaching, she won coach of the year. And it was just mm-hmm. so exciting to see because I was like, oh my gosh, I know her. <gasps> so it was just so exciting. Um, wow. So we're coming to the part of the our time where I get to just brag on you for a little bit about all that you've you've done.
1: Just Oh no <laughs> What?
0: You don't want me to brag on you? No, you can't. I so might humble. just turn
1: I'll just turn red. I'll just sit over here like <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. After we do this, we're gonna go into our rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. And then we'll bring in, uh, hopefully by then people will have questions that they want to ask. But I just want to say thank you so much for just being here with us today. It's been really good to learn more about you, learn more about your story, and to share with people who may know you and may not know you who you are and all that you've provided to the triathlon world. Here we go. Are you guys ready? hmm Sarah Gross, the feisty baddie, number one. Just had to put that out there. Two times Ironman champion. She has a PhD in women's history. She's a coach. She's a writer. She's an advocate for women in sports. She's the president of Tri-Equal. She uh, is a winner of ITU Nationals, and she has created Feisty Media, a place where women can be seen, be known, and have an assortment of podcasts to go to that will dedicate to them. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being a visionary. And thank you for being a great leader and supporting those who are around you and upholding them and uplifting them. You are doing a fantastic job. And we just salute you. All right. Did I make you blush too much? Uh, and yeah, you still...
1: you know, yeah, it was good. You that was still... Was super... I'm still here.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. I see you breathing, you still breathing. Yeah. <laughs> so, here's our rapid fire section. You don't have to think too much about it. Okay. But, whatever comes to mind, if you have a little short story you want to share about something, if it jogs a memory, that's fine as well. Cool. What's your favorite leg of the race?
1: Running.
2: Yeah. Mm. Easy.
1: It's, I'm slightly better at running than the other two sports, but also that creates it's last. So it creates a situation where like if you're doing your best thing at the end, <laughs> you're actually overtaking people, which is really good for your <laughs> mental strength. Yeah, so. It's better than being overtaken <laughs> in the last, <laughs> in the last few miles. That,
0: that's real. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, was looking at clash Miami and seeing yeah. how, people were tracking other people down based off of their sport. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically, who comes to mind is uh, Sam Long, and how he literally just tracked down somebody. So I see you have that mentality. You're a chaser. You're like, picked you off, picked you off, picked you off, picked you off. Now I'm here champion. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's it's that's funny. And to be clear, there's like of two times that I was champion. It's like, 35 times that I was not, that there wasn't enough picking <laughs> off. I, I didn't get there fast enough, you know. Um, but yeah, it's funny because after all those years of racing, like I, that's how I live my life almost. It's like, even when I go to CrossFit now, I'm like, you guys go first, right? And then I just try to and i just try to catch up to people you know i love it
0: psychologically it's helpful it makes you Mm -hmm. like a great sense of accomplishment right that's an accomplishment Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what's your least favorite leg of the race
1: oh oh i i feel like i've gone back and forth between swimming and cycling i i was definitely that person at the beginning who was just praying for the swim to be over like just let me get to dry land and it'll all be good um over time that definitely switched to cycling which i'm not as naturally good at um and really had to work on my strength a lot to to be um to be a good cyclist so um i think and the cycling's so long like you're there in your time trial position like hunched over you know (laughs) with your back just like uh, for five hours or more in an iron so um that was that was a challenge for sure so
0: long course is your preferred race distance.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only cause I'm good at it. I mean, now my preferred race distance is as short as possible because that's just more fun. <laughs> you know, like just like, I don't care if I win or lose or come last or whatever. Now it's just like, let me go hard for like 15 minutes and I'm good. Like, I want to do that. You know, the one in the Olympics, the team time trial. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Like that ah, just looks so like- fun to me.
0: So like mini super sprints
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: or super league. Maybe it's like super league.
1: Maybe super league. Like I would, I would love to do a team thing. First of all, where you uh, have people on your team that you can like work with and work off. Work of. with. Yeah. That's, mm. that's fun to me, but also just like short, like I'll run 3k hard, like I'd way I'd rather do that now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's your go-to workout
1: and what does it look like? Ooh. Oh, now my go-to workout's just whatever's happening at the CrossFit gym that I go to. <laughs> like, I don't even mm-hmm. want to think. So I either show up at CrossFit and do whatever they're doing, or I go, I go run on trails. Those are the two things I do. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, this next question is kind of hard because, okay, so when you're running, mm-hmm. are you an audiobook, podcast, music, or
1: silence person? Ooh, music for sure and loud too and sometimes it gets louder like if i need a little motivation like they can hear me coming sometimes (laughs) it's so loud in my earbuds
0: (laughs) okay so who's your favorite music artist that you like to listen to
1: oh i like i do like i mean i did really appreciate you janet jackson nasty (laughs) like Mm. i definitely love um I listen to say like Megan Stallions and like I love no! like female rap right. artists who are like kind of badass. And like really I feel like plowing the way forward for like speaking their minds about everything from, like female sexuality to like making money as a woman like all of those things. And, like those women are, they're baddies. <laughs> um, and I I listen to a lot of that music. I
0: yeah. uh, love it. <laughs> But what, what? Okay. So, what's your favorite <laughs> Megan The Stallion song?
1: Oh no. <laughs> um, oh yes.
0: I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pick.
1: Um. Oh. I can't pick. Sorry. <laughs> you have to pick. I have to pick. Um, Megan
0: The Stallion, so she's your favorite artist. And if it's more than one, I'll give you more than one.
1: Right. Um. What's the one? What's the boss bitch one? That one? I just don't know. The name. That's it. Is that what it's called? OK, <laughs> it that's
0: the one. Mm-hmm. OK,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, there it is. Mm-hmm. Now, when she came out with the song Body, did you ever mm-hmm. do a dance? You know, I like to get people to dance.
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> I didn't do that dance, <laughs>
0: but I know. Oh, okay.
1: But I could picture like people on TikTok a doing like it. I think it's Savage. Oh, yeah yeah that is definitely like i was in a big TikTok phase during that phase i don't think i ever did Mm -hmm. that dance in particular but i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) talking about yeah imagine
0: she's a she's definitely a baddie in her own right and i love how Mm -hmm. she just defies the odds so i can see how two baddies Mm -hmm. will love each other Mm -hmm. i'm here for it Mm -hmm. when you don't feel motivated what pushes you through to get the workouts accomplished
1: Ooh. Oh, I like to, do, I like to use a trick that I used in my training all the time, which is to not think like, like, don't put how you're feeling in front of, don't prioritize how you're feeling when it's time to go to training, right? Like, okay. it's not like, how do I feel right now? Do I feel good? Do I want to go? Am I too tired to go? Da, da, da. Like, no, you, you're putting on your shoes and you're going or you're putting on your swimsuit, whatever it is, and you go out the door. And if after you do the warm up, you feel like crap, then that's it. Then you can stop. Right, but that is like the first time you should be thinking about how you're feeling. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, at the end of a race, is it beer, wine, water, soda, or your favorite electrolyte drink?
1: Oh, at the very end, I'd say probably soda. At that point, just like sugar okay. carbonation, beer later for sure. Mm-hmm. Love it. Favorite
0: place to bike.
1: Um, I did a training camp. I spent two summers in Switzerland, in um, Davos, in the Swiss Alps, mm. and wow, that was nice. You know, we like every day we were up a mountain pass. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorites.
0: So you like climbs? You like to climb?
1: You know, I liked I like to climb a lot. I like a good consistent grade and just keep going up. Um, I'm not amazing at it in terms of compared to if I was at training camp or whatever, there'd always be other people mm-hmm. beating me at that stuff, but I, do, I really enjoyed it. Okay. And
0: because you did long course and we asked this yeah. question to so many of our uh, podcast uh, guests, pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee
1: break. Yeah, you have to pee on the bike, sorry. <laughs> it's the worst. Be happy about that, right? uh, yeah, like it's the work like, it's like the thing like after iron man right like i would come home and everything that i had worn all day long my suit my my cycling shoes my running everything went in the washing machine just all together you know <laughs> like, that was yeah that's how it goes that's the iron man thing i don't know <laughs> it,
0: it's so funny you mentioned that um because as disgusting as it is i think becoming a triathlete has really helped to I used to be one of those that didn't like nasty things like oh my gosh it just repulsed me but now it's just like it's just a way of life you just figure it out you put it up and so it doesn't bother me as much but it took some time getting to that point and I think Mm -hmm. you know being a triathlete has definitely helped with that. Mm. Well, thank you so much. If you have questions for Sarah, use the little question function and we'll get your questions answered. We're going to bring in one of our sponsors, Run Try Magazine, Jason Bajamunde with Run Try Magazine Test. see what kind of questions he has for you. Hey, Jason, welcome.
2: Hi, Michonda. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me.
0: Hi. Yeah.
2: So, Sarah, a question I have for you because our platform is geared towards beginners and mm-hmm. spring racing season is here upon us in North America. What's mm-hmm. one... Advice you'd give to those entering their first race, whether it's sprint or Ironman at this point? Oh,
1: we're entering your first race. Um, definitely the easy one is enjoy it, right? Like you're there to have like no expectations on a first race, right? Or a first new distance. If it's your first time doing a sprint, Olympic, especially Ironman, like no expectations. Just go out to have fun. Oh, sorry, my mic. Um yeah, I, I think triathletes tend to take themselves too seriously sometimes, and we absorb that really quickly when we join the triathlon community. So, yeah, have fun. That's
2: great. The other, the other question I would have for you is we're starting to see gravel cycling and gravel triathlon become a bigger and bigger piece of this. Mm-hmm. In what you're seeing with the Feisty platform, are you seeing more women getting involved in gravel triathlon or gravel cycling as opposed to the road version of, the
1: sports oh good question it's hard to know like it's hard i don't have a direct comparable but i think like the gravel community generally is growing we have a big brand called girls gone gravel um what that has well, actually we ha- we're having our first women's gravel festival uh, at the end of april in uh, arkansas but and it's called gone graveling yeah i just booked my flights today i should know this um so yeah definitely <laughs> like the, gra- the gravel community is growing for sure but it's growing in general Right. So like I, I think it's I think it's super inclusive because of the like not having to be on the road and how a lot of people feel like they don't necessarily want to be riding on the road anymore because we all know someone who's been um, injured or hurt really badly on the road. So um, I love that aspect of it. But it's hard to know really whether like gravels just have in a moment, you yeah. know, so once it settles in, then we'll know like really whether which which whether triathlon or gravel or gravel triathlon is like where people are gonna settle into you know
2: yeah my my hope is that it's not the shiny new object and it it is something that gets people more involved in all of these sports you know my partner and she's got girls get gritty and she's doing more gravel cycling and we're just hoping that it brings more and more women to these sports in general it's not again not the shiny new object and then people forget about it
1: Yeah, totally. And one thing, like when I first did a triathlon, um, we had off-road triathlon races, right? But typically the mountain biking part was just inaccessible, right? Like I remember doing it and literally taking like 45 minutes longer than the other, than than the woman who won on the the bike, on like a 12 mile bike or something. Like it was just ridiculous because I didn't know how to mountain bike. And there I was like through mud and rocks and whatever, where I think gravel has that little extra bit of... um, inclusivity because you don't necessarily have to have like top top skills you can have mediocre skills and, and get in there and get dirty
2: awesome appreciate you answering those questions for us.
1: yeah thanks
0: oh thank you so much sarah we appreciate you and look guys this is our pop-up we have another pop-up that will be happening in May. So watch out for when it, it's going to, we don't know when it's just going to obviously pop up, but thank you for tuning in to our pop-up live today. That's been sponsored by Run Tri Magazine, Try Beginner's Luck, and Monarch Triathlon. So now we have a giveaway. Ooh, giveaway. So we're, we'll just, um, how do you want to do the giveaway, Jason?
2: So let me first say that for the Monarch Triathlon, there are two um, registrations available. It is an all women's race, and it'll take place on October 22nd, 2022 in Kingman, Arizona. Um, it's a really unique race. It's a downstream swim in the Colorado River. Then you'll be cycling on Route 66 towards Kingman. And then you'll finish under their brand new arch in Kingman, Arizona. And it's, it's really neat. And the, um, the medal in and of itself is pretty neat. It's a spinner medal with a charm that will pull out. And it's um, sponsored by she Strong. It's put on by SheStrong which is a foundation for women who have battled cancer and so it's a it's a really um, important project for us at Run Tribe Bike to be a part of and so um, we can scroll and pick names like we did the last time and um, give away two registrations um, to okay. the people that work for you. That will work.
0: Sarah, can you see see the names in the, uh, the little icon up at the top of the screen.
2: It's the a little top. icon
0: that may have a number. Yeah. Okay. So whoever's watching, um, you can pick our first winner.
1: Oh, I get to pick the winner? Yeah. Oh, You're okay. Hold on. Oh, I see. Okay, From who's watching? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, but I, I have to pick? I can't just, like, I shouldn't have looked. I should have said, like, I'm going to pick number three or something. Okay, I'm going to pick number three. Becky K.
0: Becky K, you are a winner. So what we are going to need you to do is to DM either Run Try Magazine or Try Beginner's Look so that we can get your information and uh, get you what you've won. We do have a few more. We have a few more. Giveaways to give away. So let's go again. You, whatever number you come up with, that'll be the number. Sarah, go ahead.
1: Oh, I have to go again. Yeah. Okay, let's try. Da da da. No limits endurance coaching. Oh. I know that. I know that. Yeah, I'm
0: sure they'll <laughs> have. What? Well, they no gave me a shout limits out. Endurance coaching.
1: <laughs> they gave me a shout out earlier too. So. <laughs>
0: bonus well, no points limits. yes no limit endurance coaching be sure to reach out to jason Bahamundi or try beginner's luck slide into our dms and you have a a race entry um or you have a prize coming towards you jason you get the next two well
2: i'm going to make it really easy for anybody who's watching this right now you can go to runtrymag.com and go to our store and subscribe to our magazine and just code t B L 100. And you'll have an issue in your ma- in your mailbox within a couple of days. So everybody's a winner. We'll make it easy.
1: Nice. Oh, that is so
0: good. So TBL 100 is the code that you need to do. So sign up at uh, Run Try Magazine. When you subscribe, go all the way down to the bottom and put in TBL 100. Do you want to put that in the chat? for people yeah. Jason. Uh, yeah. Okay, look, we got everybody was a winner today. <laughs> I love that. Do nice. I get to win Jason? Just yep. kidding. <laughs> but yes, this is so exciting. We're so grateful for each of you who showed up today for our pop up live. Um, be sure to follow all of us run try magazine try beginners luck. Mashonda shines and Sarah gross. And we're just going to make sure, Jason, you already put that in there for the people? Right now. And once we do that, we'll close out. I love it. Such a great day. When you try, you, I was just about to say that. (laughs) So Jason has put in the bottom, run, try magazine, store, subscription, go to, you get a one-year subscription. For attending today. So if you're on here right now, it's only good for right now. And use the code TBL100 is the coupon code. Well, thank you guys for joining. I'm Mashonda Shines. Thank you for being here on our pop up. Whenever you try beginners luck, you always win. And I'm so grateful that all of our viewers who are still on right now came out as winners. Thank you guys and have a beautiful night.
1: Peace. Peace. Thanks, Mishanda. Thanks, Jason. Thank
2: you.
0: So fun. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.